0: Preface to the Tower of London. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Wales. The Tower of London by Arthur Poyser. Preface followed by verses by Sir William Gilbert from The Yeoman of the Guard full in the midst a mighty pile arose where iron-grated gates their strength oppose to each invading step and strong and steep the battled walls arose the foss sunk deep slow round the fortress rolled the sluggish stream and high in middle air the warders turrets gleam Anonymous the history of the tower of london is so closely bound up with the history of england from the norman conquest onwards that it is very difficult to write a record of the one without appearing to have attempted to write a record of the other a full history of the tower may read like an attenuated history of england when the problem has to be solved within the compass of a single chapter the difficulties are very considerably increased then again if a detailed account of tower annals has been given in a preliminary chapter there is nothing of any interest left to say when describing a visit to the several buildings within the tower walls if the dramatic scene in the council chamber of the white tower which ended in lord hastings being sent with scant ceremony to the block on the green below by richard III be described in its proper place in the historical sketch, chapter 2, it cannot again be spoken of in detail when the visit is paid, chapter 3, to the room in which the event took place. Yet it is beyond doubt that a visitor to the tower would rather be reminded of that tragic council meeting when in the council chamber itself, than come upon it in the course of the sketch of tower history, which he would probably have read at home beforehand and forgotten in detail." still those who read this book and have no opportunity of visiting the tower expect that the characters in the moving drama of its history shall have some semblance of life as they walk across the stage such a reader demands more than mere names and dates or he will skip an historical chapter as being intolerably dull it is no consolation to him to be told that if he will take patience and walk through and round the tower in imagination by keeping his temper and kindly reading chapters three and four he will discover that much of the human interest omitted in the history will be found by the wayside in the walks in former and larger books on the tower it will be seen that either the purely historical record under the headings of successive kings and queens dwarfs to insignificance the account of the buildings themselves or the description of the several towers and buildings which constitute the fortress prison occupies the bulk of the volume to the exclusion of any adequate historical record giving names and dates in chronological order but like most difficulties i think this one can be solved by a judicious compromise the chapters must be tuned to equal temperament i have endeavoured to keep the balance of the several sections as even as possible and an historic candidate for the honour of the headsman's axe who has been given immortality in the pages of english history by reason of the manner in which he was put to death Passed over in one chapter will have some justice done to his memory in another. I have attempted no pictorial description of the tower as a whole or in its several parts. I dared not carry the theory I have just propounded into the realms of word painting. Mr. Fullylove has relieved me of that duty. He has brought the tower buildings as they stand today before the eyes of all who turn these pages this he has done with the brush infinitely better than i could do it with the pen though the pages at my disposal are so few in number i have had the temerity to attempt a description of much that is of interest outside tower walls i trust that this boldness may not prove after all to be a misplaced virtue my wish has been to persuade those who come to visit the tower that there is a great deal to be seen in its immediate vicinity that the majority of visitors have hitherto neglected either for want of time or want of guidance a noble and historic building like the tower resembles a venerable tree whose roots have spread into the soil in all directions during the uncounted years of its existence far beyond the position of its stem I tender grateful thanks to Lt. Gen. Sir George Brian Millman, K.C.B., Major of the Tower, for much kindness, both to Mr. Fullylove and myself, and I can hardly express my indebtedness to the Rev. W. K. Fleming, who has so ungrudgingly given of his time to the task of correcting the proof-sheets. Arthur Poyser, Trinity Square, Tower Hill, E.C. Verses by Sir William Gilbert when our gallant norman foes made our merry land their own and the saxons from the conqueror were flying at his bidding it arose in its panoply of stone a sentinel unliving and undying insensible i trow as a sentinel should be though a queen to save her head should come a suing there's a legend on its brow that is eloquent to me and tells of duty done and duty doing the screw may twist and the rack may turn and men may bleed and men may burn on london town and all its hoard it keeps its solemn watch and ward within its wall of rock the flower of the brave have perished with a constancy unshaken from the dungeon to the block from the scaffold to the grave is a journey many gallant hearts have taken and the wicked flames may hiss round the heroes who have fought, for conscience and for home in all its beauty, but the grim old fortalice takes little heed of aught that comes not in the measure of its duty. The screw may twist, and the rack may turn, and men may bleed, and men may burn, on London town and all its horde it keeps its solemn watch and ward. Sir William Gilbert End of Preface with Verses